Jayesh, founder of Picketik. He founded it back in 2008. Hell of a year to found the company. Uh, since then, 2013, they made a major pivot, but they were still doing less than 100 grand in revenue. Eventually, they went on to raise about $1.5 million total. They hit in 2016 over $30 million in gross ticket revenue. They make about 4% of that, so call it $1.2 million. Here in 2017, they are on track to break $60 million bucks in gross ticket revenue as they look to empower event organizers, whether it's nonprofits using their free product or big enterprise accounts and big venues using their enterprise API. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jayesh Parmar. He's a serial entrepreneur with two decades of event industry experience. Currently, he is the CEO and co-founder of Picatick and is listed as one of the world's top 10 tech entrepreneurs disrupting the event industry. All right, uh, Jayesh, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, yeah, I'm game. Okay, good. So tell us how Picatick works and how you make money. What's your revenue model? Okay, so we do things completely different, and that, that that's extremely fun for us. So in the event ticketing world, our biggest thing is to bring people together. So the one thing that we did do, uh, kind of completely different, is we give a product away for free. And that sounds a little bit weird, and, and people would generally ask, what's the hook or the gimmick? Um, we allow event organizers that are selling tickets around under $25 or $18 in, in the United States uh, to go out there and use our platform, sell tickets, organize tickets managed tickets and the whole idea around that is for community events or people who are change makers or nonprofit organizations that are really trying to go out there and make a difference that gives them a piece to go out there and and help bring people together and, and engage the community then we have a pro product uh, where where we change the ball game up and completely where now it's not the ticketing company anymore it, we act like um, we, we give you the power of having your own ticketing company embedded within your your website uh, it's called Pick a Tick Anywhere, where uh, event organizers that uh, are putting on events and they have an asset or they have an app, and the asset being a website or an app, uh, they just take a couple lines of code and they have effectively ticketing in-app. So that makes this completely different, and that's how we make money on that because there's a commission there. And then we have another product for, for big brands, enterprises, multinationals. It's an API, so it's a software-to-software -software approach. And basically, think of an iceberg. We cut off the top. We give them the whole bottom, and they can build whatever they want on top of it. So that's our business model, and and that's how how, how we make revenue. And what per, what like what percent? Which ones is the bigger revenue stream? The commission-based approach, or where you're selling the SaaS product that allows people to kind of build on top of your iceberg? 
Yeah, the iceberg is, is completely. I mean, the, the B2B uh, aspect of that is is, is definitely the, the much bigger piece of the, piece of the pie. The, the, the first piece, obviously, there's no revenue that comes to us. It's completely community empowerment. It's creating value for them. Um, and then, you know, helping them build uh, to the next phase, which is which is a small amount of revenue, which is which is great. Um, that's not what we feel is, is is the big driver. We feel like the future of where where ticketing is is high school kids know how to program, and they want to be able to go out there and build their own ticketing company, have their own identity, have their own vision, and not bounce people off to you know somebody else's properties. You know, come to us, and then from an end user's perspective. Uh, People who are buying tickets don't want friction. So, you know, we now can empower those people to, to really have that experience. So, so Jayesh, what on average, what is a customer paying you to use kind of the bottom half of the iceberg you're selling them? Um, in terms, it, it ranges. It ranges. It ranges from uh, our, our, if we're talking about the enterprise product or the API product, it can it could be on on calls um, because you know a lot of them might be just free tickets. So uh, it could be on a licensing agreement. It could be on a commission on of tickets that are sold. Wait, Jay, um, sorry. Just to be clear, th so this is not a SaaS product. It's still a commission based or something based. Well, the first two the the. the we call them the basic product. The basic is free. The pro product is a commission base. It's a base. It's a it's a base rate. What's the base? A dollar. Okay. Um, and then the commission around two point five percent per ticket. Okay. So it's a dollar. Um, it's a dollar per ticket sold. That's right. Got and it. In a small commission. Um, and then you, uh, we partnered up with Stripe, so you'd have the Stripe fee on top of that, and that's the pro. And then. The enterprise or the API, uh, it's completely different. It, I mean, the, the beautiful part about that, it's, it's uh, you may want to bring in your own merchant account. Uh, you want to only do free events. Uh, so it's, it's generally, there is, a, there is a licensing component to that piece. Uh, so there is SaaS, uh, SaaS pricing to that. And then it ranges between in terms of volume or what the complexities that you have. What, what would you say the average is on the enterprise? Are we talking like two grand a month, 10 grand a month, 100 grand a month? Um, it can it can range anywhere from from five grand to hundred grand a month. Okay, and that's just strictly dependent on basically how many API calls there are per month. Yeah, that as well as um, how many tickets you might sell, or or there's just a variety of range. But yeah, that's kind of like a safe bet. How do you? I imagine by nature events are seasonal. So like if someone buys access to your enterprise API, how do you as a CEO make decisions around scaling your team and such? Because I can imagine one month when they have a big event, they're going to pay you a hundred grand because the volume and the next month it might be five grand because it's winter and they're not doing any events anymore. How do you create predictability in your revenue stream? So you know how to scale your business, especially your fixed cost structure. Yeah, I mean, there are seasonal, I mean, their taxonomy is, I mean, you would think it's seasonable. It isn't. I mean, we have venues, um, that we can we can partner up with. We have organizations that are also doing events um, from a weekly or so. There's there's a lot out there that is not seasonal. That's where the API comes in and the sophistication of of, of having that piece um, and those customers really go out there and take away from the seasonal aspect. Now the pro product really is for the event organizer that's doing the one-off. Um, I mean, we do have a Teams feature. We do have all these other features inside there that we do have people that are doing a series of events in, in that product. So how do we go out there and, and create a product uh, that really goes out there 
and plays nicely with people that are doing more recurve revenue, so predictable revenue modeling. Uh, that's where the API comes in, and that's where we've moved our product towards. Um, so that's how we've combat that uh, that that predictable Got revenue. Got it. Take us back to the beginning. What year did you launch the company in? Uh, 2008 is where we kind of launched it. It was it was uh, it was a, a side project. Is something. So uh, Jayesh, take me back to the beginning. What year did you launch in? We uh, we launched in 2008. It, uh, it started as a side project. Uh, 2013 is where we picked it up. We got our first piece of funding. We went through an accelerator program, and then which one? Uh, it's Extreme Startups based in Toronto. And what? How much did they give you? I came with a quarter of a million bucks. And for how much equity? Uh, around 10. Okay, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, so you go through that, and then have you raised additional capital since then? How much total yeah. have you raised? Yeah, we raised about 1.5 million in in, in in additional capital. So about 1.75 million total raised? No, 1.5 together. Oh, 1.5 together. Was that second round funded or, or uh, priced, or was it an equity or a convertible note? Uh, we raised on note that converted. When, well, wait, who, who priced it? If was the one, was the second round priced and then the 250 converted? Yeah, so what we what we did end up doing is, is that um, institution came on and then we had priced out at that. So it converted at, uh, you know, at a price. What sorry, I'm trying to understand when the institution came in. You did two hundred fifty thousand in this in the what the accelerator gave you. That was a convertible note, and then what you raised one point two five from a traditional investor who priced it. Yeah, that's right. Got it. Okay, good. Um, and then take me back. This is always an embarrassing number. Do you remember what two thousand eight revenue was first year? Oh, oh holy macros! I, 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 I less I mean, than what? Less than ten grand. Less than ten. Okay, wow. Yeah, and then totally, it, it, it was nothing. And then when you really got things kind of more focused in 2013, remember what 2013 revenue was? I can't even remember. What the revenue was. Definitely, no. definitely less than what? Yeah, uh, less than 100 for sure. Okay, okay, good. And and had your model by 2013 matured to the point where it's the same? It's the same revenue model you have today, or no? Well, see, we jumped around a little bit. I mean, our whole thing was is that we really at that time what we we decided to do is a crowdfunding for events model. The whole idea was being an event organizer myself. I wanted to de-risk events, so what we did is we created this this platform where it's you can go out there and get a certain amount of of, of buyers uh, at a discounted rate, so you incentivize them, and if you hit that threshold, the event will go on. If you don't, everyone gets their money back. Beautiful, worked extremely well. The problem with that is, is that there's no lifetime value of that customer. Uh, once they get sort of market validation, it's, it's gone. So we pivoted, and then we pivoted into another model where it's like, okay, well, why don't we try a pay-what-you-want model, which, again, worked phenomenally well, but then we confused the market because they're like, okay, how do I pay what you want? I don't, you know, this doesn't make a lot you can't of sense. Give, you can't give people that much choice. They don't, they won't make a decision. Yeah, so th that's exactly what ended up happening. And people would pay us, and then sometimes they'd throw a check, and the mail would come randomly. So it was just, it was, it was just, it was cool and weird, and it worked. And then finally, I was just like, okay, we want to take friction away, but then we added this other layer of friction. So then I was just like, okay, we're giving the whole bloody thing away for free. So we gave this premium one. It's like I feel like the ticketing world is going to be democratized. Like the this this consumer world, of, like there's so many of them out there. I was like, why don't we just build a beautiful product that has good UX, good UI, very simple to use, um, and offer it away for free, and then really give them value upstream if they choose to go out there and do that on their own brand. Um, and so that was the model, and, and, and it works. You know, it's worked extremely well. I mean, and so bring us back. So obviously, twenty thirteen less than hundred grand. What was twenty sixteen revenue? Uh, twenty sixteen, uh, we hit. Um, 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know these numbers off by heart. Come on, that's that's like the that's a big number. Yeah, it is. we're around thirty million dollars of, of of gross ticket revenue around okay. around Spark. Yeah, so um, that's. I mean, I go on GTR. Okay. But keep this keep this in mind though. Like we consider ourselves a beta product. We don't we haven't marketed our product yet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Josh. Look, I get all that stuff. You're still growing, but I mean, come on. You know what your revenue was in 2016? What what was the revenue off 30 million in GTR? Yeah, we take about we, we take about four percent off that. So oh, uh, kind of as a weighted average. Yeah, that's right. Because I mean, it all ranges and. So okay. So look, ten percent, ten percent would be three million. So four percent would be somewhere like one point two million bucks. It's pretty healthy, right? Yeah, we're yeah we. We're not, this is perfect for us in terms of where we're going. I mean, this is just that, and those are data points that we're happy and to grow up. Yeah, but just to be clear, I mean, that is, you did about 1.2 million last year. Yeah. Okay, and what's your team size to date? We're 15. And where are you based? I'm based in Vancouver and Toronto. Oh, great, dude, everything is hot. It's happening in Vancouver, except I never want to buy a house in Vancouver because yeah. I hear it's not so fun. Yeah, you don't, you definitely don't want to do that right now, man. It's, it, I mean, it's, real estate is, is hot here. When did you raise, raise that 1.25 million Series A? That was, um, I mean, we consider that a seed. Okay. Uh, and so that was done uh, about, uh, again, 12, uh, 16 months ago, somewhere around there. Okay, so right now you're either 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 raising your Series A or you're selling to, to C-Vents. Which one is it? Uh, We're in a good spot. We're, 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 we're. You guys have to watch the YouTube video of his reaction when I asked that. That was hysterical. <laughs> so you won't you won't tell me which one it is. I I bet it's got to be one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll I, I won't push you there because I can sense it's pretty uncomfortable. But um, uh, where is the so Vancouver? Uh, you raised capital, healthy. What's kind of you said you, you track GTR? You did thirty million in twenty sixteen. What's your goal for twenty seventeen? Uh, we, we I mean we're going one hundred percent year over year, and now the difference is, is that we've now brought a VP of growth, we brought a VP of sales, and we're really pushing towards our API product. So uh, organically, we're going one hundred percent year over year. You think so you'll break sixty million? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. Last question before we wrap up, uh, Jay. You seem like a creative guy. What's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers? Oh, that is. I mean, I'll tell you. In the early days, people people thought this was a scam, or they didn't understand exactly what was going on. I actually went out there and set up their events, worked their door, and um, and, and just did everything for them. So if, if it's really going out there and getting my hands dirty, I, if that's weird, I just think that's just great hustle. And, and I did that a lot right off the day. So I've gone to really, really unique events um, that have took me all over the place. So maybe that's the weirdest thing to go out there and acquire a customer. So you would like, if you want to get a customer, you'd go be like the doorman for the event, so you could really get your brain inside of how it was operating and then uh go from there yeah sure i'm going to their office or where their organization is even to people's living rooms and like set it up show it exactly what it is go through the whole entire planning process and then actually work the whole entire door uh, set up the internet uh you know by the, all that all that kind of good stuff i mean we're thinking that 2008 back then so you know online ticketing is, is just you know to some people it's a little bit new um so it's really going out there and getting past that that chasm there for some people it was, it was difficult but uh yeah there's just a lot of weird looks at the beginning uh, not so much anymore
Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Jayesh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? You know, I love that hard things about hard things. Um, I, I just, it's just, it's, it's something that is, is something that resonates in my head a lot. So I, that's that's probably one of my favorites. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Uh, you know, Basil's. I mean, how, 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 how could you not? You said Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Um, I'm really uh, Amy. Amy is Amy. Um, I, I don't know. It's Amy.io. Amy.xi, the scheduling yeah. assistant. I yeah. hate that damn thing. I, I when CEOs, when I'm trying to schedule someone for my podcast and they yeah. say, meet Amy. And then I very quickly realize Amy's a bot who's not actually helping me find a freaking time. I get so pissed and I lose complete respect for the CEO. Yeah. Well, to me, in terms of the time that it saves, in terms of time and value, uh, it just, it really goes out there and helps make it efficient. And for small do you have, do you have any idea? Um, the downside though I mean have you have you put Amy on someone in an email thread and then just you haven't heard from them like have do you have you actually measured the downside to doing that with people no I haven't yeah yeah it's yeah, interesting it's, we'll see yeah there's a very it's kind of either it's kind of either sides so, okay that's good to know uh, number four how many hours of sleep do you get every night uh, I try to get uh, I try to get about six to eight okay good and what's your situation married single you have kids I'm married, I uh, got a beautiful wife, and I got a three-year-old kid that is just the gem of my life. And wow. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 40. Okay, last question. Take us back 20 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, you know what? Failure is just a data point. Oh, I love that. Failure is just a data point. There you have it from Jayesh, founder of Picatick. He founded it back in 2008, hell of a year to found the company. Uh, since then, 2013, they made a major pivot, but they were still doing less than 100 grand in revenue. Eventually, they went on to raise about $1.5 million total. They hit in 2016 over $30 million in gross ticket revenue. They make about 4% of that, so call it $1.2 million. Here in 2017, they are on track to break $60 million bucks in gross ticket revenue as they look to empower event organizers whether it's nonprofits using their free product or big enterprise accounts and big venues using their enterprise API. Jayesh, thank you for taking us to the top. Uh, thanks a lot.